You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Belly on up to my nine-foot homemade oak bar and pour yourself a cold one. It's now time for 30 minutes on your favorite team and our favorite team, the Chicago White Sox. My name is Chris. That's Dave sitting over there. We've been friends since we were fetuses. How you going? And uh, now we're in our 40s and we like to talk White Sox baseball. Remember, you can get Sox in the basement everywhere. We continue to grow and we are anywhere you can get a podcast. Always at SoxInTheBasement.com. But anywhere you can get a podcast. So check Spotify. Spotify Apple. And, and Apple Podcasts are really the two big ones. Right, right. They're, they're, I mean, they're huge. You can follow us on Twitter, at Socks in the Basement. You can follow us on Instagram, at Socks in the Basement. And amazingly, you can follow us on Facebook. Guess what the name of it is? <laughs> at Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Okay? So, anyway, the Rule 5 draft is December the 13th. That's the last day of the winter meetings. GMs sit down. They start grabbing players off of each other's team. When a minor league player becomes eligible for the Rule 5 draft, you can put him on your 40-man roster and you can protect him. The Sox were 35 guys on their 40-man roster going into Tuesday. Everybody pretty much had a list of about five to six, maybe even seven guys they felt could or should be protected. The Sox protected four. Dylan Cease, which makes perfect sense. He's going to be a superstar. At least people are really banking on that. We're expecting to see him in the rotation, hopefully by the end of 2019. Zevi Zavala, who's probably third on their depth chart overall at catcher right now. He's going to go into spring training trying to win a job. I personally would love it if they could move Wellington Castillo out of the way so that he's on the team to start 2019. I don't know if they're going to do that, but I would like that. And the guy they got from the uh, Joaquin Soria trade, Cody Medeiros, He's in the top 25 prospects on the Sox. They were going to hold on to him. They were going to protect him. After that, it got a little weird. You got Spencer Adams. You got Zach Thompson. You got Jordan Stevens. Three AAA pitchers. You got this kid, Danny Mendick. I only read a little bit about him over the last couple of days because up until then, he was like on the list of guys you probably don't have to worry about. I still don't think you have to worry about him. I know he's like player of the year in Birmingham, but nobody's going to take a middle infielder and bounce him from AA to the majors and hold on to him just so they can keep him after a Rule 5 draft. They would end up having to give up on him eventually, and he'd go back to the White Sox. That that, that wouldn't make a lot of sense. You don't normally have guys jump from AA to the majors unless they're like an Eloy Jimenez-type talent. So I'm not worried about him being poached. The team decides to keep Stevens and then leave a spot open. So basically, they go to 39 at one point. And Spencer Adams and Zach Thompson not being added on and being protected. And they're leaving an open spot. Then something really interesting happens. Ian Clarkin, who is really the second best guy that we got from the Yankees in the Blake Rutherford acquisition, he gets waived and immediately picked up by the Chicago Cubs. Now, he was a first-round pick a few years back. The Sox go down to 38 on their 40-man roster. Still don't protect anybody else. They're going to go with 38 protected guys, basically. Besides the guys that aren't eligible, there's plenty of guys in the system that aren't eligible, so they can't be poached in the Rule 5 draft. And Clarkin is suddenly gone. Now, we hit Twitter during the day on Tuesday. First, I threw it out there. Well, you know, I mean, if you were going to give up the players we gave up to the Yankees, which weren't really going to be in our plans, and you were going to get Blake Rutherford, who 
He's either going to be a nice chip if we decide to make a deal in a year or two while we're building, or he's going to come up and be a part of the team. You'd probably still make the deal. Paul hit us up on Twitter at Socks in the Basement, reminding me what Billy Bean got for Doolittle and Madison. I don't like comparing what each team gets. There's a lot of factors in that, but I get your point. I also think getting anything for Todd Frazier at that point was a good thing. And then I was kind of wondering, what does this mean? Like, did we really hate Ian Clarkin so much? Did the team change their mind when they protected him last year by adding him to the 40-man roster because they were afraid he was going to be taken? And now all of a sudden, he's like the first guy to think of like, well, we got to make a little bit more room. Who are we going to get rid of? I mean, look at the list of guys on that 40-man roster. There's plenty of them that you can get rid of. And instead, they try to pass Clarkin through waivers, and the Cubs snatch him up right away. But Ian hit us up on Twitter, and he had a pretty good point, and I looked it up, and he's right. He had a great April, and then downslid afterwards, to the point that when he came back from a little injury, they just put him in the bullpen. Now, he did well in the bullpen. We're talking about a guy in the bullpen before he got the AAA, and he's already in the bullpen. The luster's gone. He's probably not worth holding on to, and if somebody's going to claim him, you're probably going to find somebody else when you go shopping in the Rule 5 draft because they're going shopping now. You hold open two spots, you intend to at least get one, maybe even a second, or you just want to have one Rule 5 pick, and then you want to have some flexibility in case you make a move. I don't know what's going on, but for some reason they were like, nope, we're good at 38. So for those who are not familiar, um, the Rule 5 draft is... Um, you have certain players in your system that are eligible for this Rule 5 based draft upon after, based upon in. how long they've been in the minors. Right. right. You have to bring these players up and put them on your, well, you have to put these players on your 40-man roster by the Rule 5 deadline. Otherwise, anybody can draft these unprotected players on Rule 5 draft day. Which I mean, is during the winter meetings. Right. And now, so have I, when have all I, the GMs are huddled around, I mean, think about it this way. GMs are huddled around. Everybody goes and gets themselves, you know, a, a Johnny Walker on the uh, on the rocks or a, a, a pint. And I, I, this is how I imagine the Rule 5 draft. I've never seen a Rule 5 draft. But I feel like this is like the laid-back fantasy football draft of the GM meetings. Yeah, Rick, you know, walks over. Kenny's got his cigar sitting next to him. Tell him, you know, you know who we should get. And Rick's like, just shut up and let me make the pick. And, <laughs> nice, and nice. I, like, and they're all just sitting around. Everybody's having a drink. You know, they're all laughing when they're making their picks. Like, I'm stealing this guy from your team. And they're like, you can have me. Sucks. Like, I just feel like that's how a Rule Five draft goes. Well, you can have him because we think he's garbage. And everybody, ah, ha, 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 ha. And there's like smoke in the room. That's how I imagine my Rule Five drafts. Now, I could be completely wrong. Maybe they do it in like an open room and like you know. All the baseball guys, all the media sitting there watching them, and it's very professional. But like an I actual hope, draft. I yeah. hope my Rule Five draft is in a in a in like a dark room where there's drinking and a speakeasy, right, like in a speakeasy. I want my Rule Five draft to be Rule Fivey. Okay, I want I want like like mysterious women in 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 uh, in tight fitting clothing that you're not sure whether or not they work at the bar or if they were hired for other means for all these rich men that are sitting around. You know, they're smoking cigars as well. Oh, you know? no. I want some dames in the room while it's happening. See what I'm saying? Like, I want my Rule 5 draft to be the seediest thing that it could possibly be. That's what I, I, that's what I want it to be. I, I don't I'm sure think, it's not, but that's what so, I imagine Chris. when I do the Rule 5 draft. And then somebody just, like, shouts out, like, I'm taking so-and-so from the Pittsburgh Pirates. And the Pirates guy's like, 
F you. And like everybody laughs. And it's just like, it, like that's what I am. Dude, I no, you know what it is? It's probably they're all just sitting around like in some room that resembles a church basement. And then there's like some old lady with a bingo <laughs> machine. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it is, dude. You know, they're all drinking, you know, they're all drinking like Canfields. Really? Soda. Your rule yeah. five draft sucks. I don't like your I'm rule five draft I'm willing to bet that's what it is, Chris. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. The thing that you have to remember is there are guys who get left unprotected that go on to have spectacular careers. This is not something to be taken lightly. Socks had a lot of decisions going into this thing. And you can hold Rick Hahn accountable if, let's say, somebody that they left open turns out to be Roberto Clemente because he was a Rule 5 draft. Interesting. Okay. Or Heck Wilson. Those are two Hall of Famers that were Rule 5 drafts. There were all-stars of note. And, and these are people. I'm going to just name off a few of them because I was going through the list. Now, these are players who were... Uh... We're not um, protected. Who were not protected from one team and right. then snatched up by another team and, on Rule Five Draft and were Day. Were grabbed up on Rule Five Draft Day. All okay? right, let's let's let's. Jose hear it. Bautista was Whoa. a Rule Five Draft. George Bell was a Rule Five Draft. Bobby Bonilla was a Rule Five Draft pickup before Hawk traded him. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry. Open wound. Open wound. Continue. Continue. Here, here's one. He wasn't that great, but he was an All Star. I, and I, I loved him because I, when I was a kid, I, I, would, I would play him in Stratomatic Baseball a lot. Stratomatic Baseball. Bip Roberts. He had a great Stratomatic him, card. Him, I don't know. Bip Roberts, man. He was, yeah. a, he was an 80s ball player. I think he was like a second baseman for Cincinnati, if I'm not mistaken. Him, I he do was, not he know. Was a, All right. Johan Santana was a Rule 5 pickup. Whoa. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, Johan, think about Johan Santana in that five, six-year stretch. Oh, nobody. Yeah, his White Sox couldn't hit him. When nobody could hit nobody him. Nobody could a hit whip, him. He had a whip of a closer. He had like a zero nine something whip, and he was a starter that went nine innings. Think about that. He'd see he'd see batters three times through the rotation, which nobody does anymore because of oh, well, stats specialist. Say, yeah, exactly. The third time that they see somebody, Yoan didn't care. No. Yoan just went out there and struck him out for a third time. Rule five pickup. Wow. Joaquin Soria was a rule five pickup. Interesting. Dan Ugla, who had that stretch where he couldn't catch at second base, which is <laughs> basically his entire career. I remember Dan Ugla. He was a rule five pickup. Okay. I mean, there's there's guys that are that were selections in rule fives that that went on to have really good careers that were contributors that were that were big names. And the list goes on. Those are those are ones that jumped out at me when I when I was looking at guys you could pick up in the rule five. Dylan Covey was a rule five pickup for us last year. Now think about that. They were, the A's didn't think that he was worth making, giving a roster spot to. Mm-hmm. Now remember, the Rule 5 rule is that you have to keep the guy on the team all year or he reverts back to the team that had him originally. Okay. So Kobe had to stay on the Major League roster all year long. Because if the Sox are like, yeah, we're going to option him the minors, he gets option to the A's minors. The A's minors. Okay, see, see that I didn't know. Yes. Okay, you, that you I did not know. You have to hold on to the guy. So you'll draft guys in Rule 5, and then you try him out in spring training, you're like, yeah, you know what? He does suck. Because the and whole, then you just release him, and he goes back to the team. Because just to interject, the whole point of this Rule 5 draft, like the reason why this is put in, is to prevent teams from stockpiling talent in their minor league system right. and then preventing them and then keeping them down there. But it's also a fairness thing to the player. Well, that's exactly yeah, what right, I'm saying. Right, yeah, so exactly. like, that's, so like, it's, it's, for, it's put in for the player's benefit right. so that – you're not just wallowing away in the farm system of some team who has no 
you know, desire to, to bring you up. Right. They could just keep you there forever for depth. Right. And, that, and you don't want that. But the thing is, then you have to make a team and you have to perform well enough for that team to not want to just let you go. And there's really no risk to a team that picks up a player on a rule five, except for the fact that they they use a, roster a 40 spot. man roster spot. Right. But I mean, seriously, I mean, you look at the guys that were rule five, rule five draftees. Here's one I think is great. <laughs> Remember Josh Hamilton? Yeah. Remember him? Of course. Him? Of course. He was actually rule five drafted and then was returned back to the team because I didn't think he was good enough. Wow. So two teams screwed up on Josh Hamilton. The Rangers <laughs> not being one of those, right? No, I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. I don't have time to look that up. I don't okay. know. I just okay. saw his name on the list and I was like, that means two teams. You know what, Dave? Stop trying to make me be a sportscaster. <laughs> it's your dream job, man. Come on. Oh, speaking of sportscasters, it's not official what day it will be. But I have received word from the White Sox that he has accepted our interview request. Real, this is big news. Go ahead. Jason Benetti. This is awesome. Hopefully, uh, it's either you're either going to be, it sounds like right now, either the week before or the week of the winter meetings. Oh, wow. That'd be great. I know. What great timing. That is great timing. I, Jason Benetti on the show. Okay. I, so I, I'm so excited about this. I tell you, man, I love me some Jason Benetti. Uh, I do too. I'm really excited about that. So that is coming up. Make sure if you don't subscribe to the show, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss that episode. You don't want that one slipping by you. All right. Going into the Rule 5 draft, this is what everybody was talking about as the decisions that the White Sox had to make. They had five open spots, and they had, in the, in the minds of most writers, they had about six guys that had to be on there. And what was funny was, last year, I went back and looked at an old article. Last year, it was, will there be room for Casey Gillespie? Whoa, yeah, okay. Now he's All not right. even like anybody. No, no. Nobody's even considering. Like, well, hey, if you want to draft Casey Gillespie, take him. See what I'm saying? Just kind of looking at this, there are, um, as far as White Sox players who needed to be protected. Cease was who, a given. That Cease wasn't is, a surprise. Cease was a given. There were Four of them. Cody, Cody Madreos, I always say his name wrong. He's a given as well because they traded for him and they acquired him. Right. They're not leaving him out there those for are, anybody. Those are two. Now, here's the deal. You basically have all of the Sox, all of the Sox Rule 5 eligible people who needed to be protected. You have four of them who are in, three of them were in the top 20 of MLB prospects right. total. Um, and then you had Spencer Adams, who's right there at 26. Right, it was Zavala was the other one, right? Uh, Who were the three? Cease. Cease. Mader uh, Medeiros. Right. Uh, Jordan Stevens, Spencer Adams, all pitchers. Oh, those were the four. Those are the four who are okay, in well, MLB's. Z Zavala was an obvious one to me. Right, those so are in. To me, I, I thought that it was, I, I thought going into it, it was Adams, Cease, Medeiros, uh, Zavala, and Stevens. I, I'm going to say that I'm going to say Cody's name wrong all the time, so I'm just going to start calling him Cody. Okay, and and Zach Thompson was the odd guy out. Mm. But I here's the thing that I thought was really funny, and and this is why I don't think if your guy didn't get protected, sorry. If you really loved the guy and he didn't get protected, I, I'm sorry. But if you're worried about roster flexibility, I want to talk about guys that are on the 40 man roster that still can be let go. That still can be just jettisoned if they need to. Right. One of them that jumps right out at me, and I find it really funny, all the speculation. Well, the Sox, non-tender, Avisail Garcia. Right. We had to talk about this here's, on here's last week's question. podcast. Why, so. wouldn't, why wouldn't the Sox non-tender Larry Garcia? 
I mean, I know it's only 1.9 million, but in the grand scheme of things, a guy who for his career is only one win above a replacement, who's basically a replacement play- level player, who doesn't give you anything in terms of power, hitting, uh, consistency. He doesn't even make smart moves on the base paths and mm-hmm. makes terrible defensive decisions where there are times where I quote Tom Hanks in a league of their own yelling about hit the cutoff man because Leary can't figure out what to do with the ball when he gets it in the outfield. Right. And and here's a roster spot and a guy you could say non-tender. I know it's 1.9 million, but there's a lot of other guys that you can use or bring up a guy in your system I don't see a reason for him, especially because and and especially because Nicky Delmonico is going to be a depth piece on your team. See what I'm saying? Because right. he isn't even. I don't even think he makes the team. We've what talked do you about need Leary Garcia no, for. There's don't. an open spot. We've talked about outfield depth ad nauseum on this podcast. So yeah, I are you putting Leary at second? No. Are you putting Leary at short? No. Are you putting Leary in the outfield? Do you find him to be in any way somebody that you would want to use? Especially if you're making moves in the offseason where you're talking about the, hope, the hope of making Yomer Sanchez a utility player. Right. Well, what do you need Leary for? No, you don't. And that's the thing. I Here's my thing. And, 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 and well, I'm going to get to it here in a second. But the other guy I wanted to bring up is Juan Manaya. Well, I don't oh, see right, the, right. reasoning for keeping Juan Manaya. Here's a guy who's keeping a 40-man roster spot. Trust me, if they go and make a signing and, and try him out for the year, then a guy who I've now given three seasons to and has a combined an overall whip of almost one and a half Manaya's, for his career. Manaya's been here three seasons? Yeah, now? three seasons. Wow. In his year 25, I he only had that. 11 games that he appeared in. Okay, but he appeared in 40 games in his 26 year and his year 27, his age 27 year, which was last year, he appeared in 52 games. Now, first of all, do not look up his stats and try to tell me, well, Chris, he's improving. His ERA for the first two years was like 4.3, 4.5, and now he's got this brilliant 3.28 earned run average. Let me explain something to you. Earned run averages do not matter when you are a relief pitcher because the guys that you inherit don't go against you. And most of the time, relief pitchers come in with guys on base. Yes. So imagine a situation so where a player is on base. There's one base runner. I'm just going to give one base runner. I'm not even going to say there's two on. There's one base runner, and you go to Manaya. According to his whip, which is almost one and a half, he's guaranteed to either walk or give up a hit before he gets out of that inning. And you got a 50-50 chance, and a third guy gets on or gets a hit. You've given up a run, at least one run. He's worth basically a run nine times out of ten every and, time he comes out on the mound and, for the other team, and he's taking up a 40-man roster spot, and he's had three years to show well, here's us here's the thing about that. To, to your point, that run that he just allowed scored does not go against his ERA. Right? That goes against the ERA of so the starter that he relieved. So if he has an ERA relieved. of 3.28, and we just gave you a scenario that best-case scenario, on average, he just did that. Where did he get the other runs? Because then he gives up another hit. Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool. All about the bounce in my step. Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget. Used to keep it cool. Okay, so you guys want to start a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. What we need to do is start from scratch. There's lots of podcasts There's like six of them now. Yeah. <laughs> 12 podcasts that I'm doing a week. I come down here into the bar, I drink all day long, and I do podcasts. My wife is like, you have a problem. I love your new and it's job, not the, Chris. it's not the drinking, it's the podcast. There's too many of them. Should I keep it light? Stay out of the fight. No one's gonna listen to me. If I write a song, preaching what is wrong. Will they let me sing on TV? Should I keep it light? You're gonna eat lightning. You're gonna crap thunder. Is that right? 
You're gonna be a greasy Italian <laughs> tank. Growing up on a podcast. Socks in the basement. Socks in the, basement. the EP podcast. 30 minutes of good in a world of dumb. We gon' burn the whole house down. But I mean, think about this way. Think about, Nate, here's you know, the outfielders that you have. Because first of all, Garcia's not moving into the infield. is not moving. Leuri Garcia's moving. Well, neither is Avi. Okay? No, no Garcia's moving into the infield. Okay? No. <laughs> There's no Garcia's in the infield. There's a side. It's out of second base. No Garcia is allowed. Okay. You have right now in your outfield guys that you, you know you have in your outfield. You got Pelka available. You got Delmonico available. You got Engel available. You got Avi Gar- available. You got Leary Garcia available. Those are, those are your outfielders right now that off the top of your head, those are probably your top five outfielders at this moment. But you're going to go make moves and you're going to bring up, uh, you're going to bring up Eloy. So, so when Eloy comes up, you don't need one of them. Which one would you rather have on the team, Nicky or Leary? Uh, yeah, I mean. It's... Which one would you rather have on the team, Nicky or Leary? Or Adam Engel? If you had to pick between one of those guys, it's, it, it's, 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 it's which guy leaves when Jimenez comes up. Just, and that's just, that's if they make no other moves. And you know they're going to make a move because they're chasing Bryce Harper. We already talked about it. If they don't get Bryce Harper and they're talking about getting rid of Garcia, Get rid of Garcia. You're bringing another right fielder. They need help out in center, center field. field. We've talked about guys. So if yeah. you're if you're gonna go get help in center field, and you're gonna if you're gonna change center field, and you're gonna change right field, and you're gonna bring up a new left fielder. I don't see okay? those guys. So basically, you've changed your entire starting outfielder. I mean, they, they, if you look at the rumors, you're gonna have a new left fielder in Eloy Jimenez. Right. You're gonna you're gonna go out and hopefully find a new center fielder. A stopgap. St- okay. And you're gonna fi- and you're gonna get a new right fielder because you're moving on from Avisel Garcia. Right. If you're gonna go do that and you're keeping Daniel Pelka, that's Four already. Which is all you need. It's four. That's all if you, you need. decide you want to keep a fifth, I have no problem holding on to a guy like Adam, Adam Engel or, or Nicky Delmonico above Leary Garcia. Well, I would rather. I mean, if we're because talking about. Because you're not putting about... in Garcia for, uh, for defensive purposes. No, if we're talking. Engel's talk... better for defense. So if you want defense and you want speed, you're keeping Adam Engel on the team, right? Yeah, or like if you even a pinch running situation, okay. you're going to want Adam Engel. If you're looking for pop in the bat, you'd take Delmonico over Leary Garcia, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so which? why is he necessary? Under what we're hearing, what is he needed for? I know I, I feel, it sounds like I'm piling on, but I just want to make my point here. You have, you have, you're most likely going to have this brand new outfield, okay? Even if Garcia's, if Avi Garcia's gone, and and you, you, you now you have Eloy come up, and you go and you find a stopgap at center field. So now you have Pelka as well, you have four, okay? So now you're, if you're going to keep a fifth guy, you either keep Engel if you want defense and speed, you keep Delmonico if you want Papa to bat, or there's a guy that's down in your system that you intend to give an opportunity to. Right. Why is Larry Garcia even being tendered? It doesn't make any sense to me. Okay? Maybe I'm looking at it wrong. Okay? I'm not in the smoky room. <laughs> okay? I'm not in the smoky the bi- room. The bingo hall. Drinking the cognac. Okay? Canfields. With some, with some girl that's calling herself by a name that I know isn't really her name. Betty. She's got one of those feather... She's 65. Feather, like, you know, things that, like the long, snaky feather things like the flappers used to have in the 20s she's got on. Okay? She's a dame. Yeah, you know, she was. She's smoking a cigarette with like a, 
like a long stick, you know, like uh, they had the long stick and the cigarettes on the end. That's a candy cigar. You know what? The, no, no. Is that what? No, no, no. I'm talking about the little, the long plastic. No, I'm talking thing about the bingo. I'm talking about oh, the bingo. Oh, you're talking about hall, your, your thing, which is all screwed up. But my thing is more accurate. I, I don't think so. She's smoking from one of those things. She's got like a veil over like half her face to be mysterious or something like that. And she's whispering in your ear. <laughs> she was burned by acid she's or something. She's whispering in, her, in your ear, you know, steal that guy from the race that they didn't protect in the Rule 5 draft. You see what I'm saying? That's what she's telling you. Can we ask our next guest about this? Like, what is the Rule 5 <laughs> draft like? Is it more like I'm a gonna speakeasy ask or is it more like a bingo hall? I want my Rule 5 draft speakeasy-ish. That's what I want. I'm telling you, dude. That's what I want it to be. It's your Thursday night church bingo game. That's it. Things are going to happen. They're all coming up. Remember, socks in the basement. If something breaks, we'll have a quick blurb on it. When the winter meetings happen, we are going to do updates throughout the day where they will hit your phone and we will tell you what the latest rumors are, what we're hearing. We might have a guest on that will give us a blurb. We might have somebody that's live from the winter meetings. We're in the works of making big plans for how we're going to cover the winter meetings. So there's a lot that's coming up. In a, in a very short few weeks, we're going to see things start to pop. Right. I, think December, Bryce Harper, I think Bryce Harper is signed by somebody before the winter meetings. Or at least at That's them. That's my predictions. Or at my least pre- at them. My predictions before the winter meetings. Teams want to go into the winter meetings knowing what they have. Somebody's going to say, you know what? Screw it. Here's an extra $30 million. Let's get this done. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Scott Burroughs is already playing games. They're already playing games, Dave. Oh, I know that. The White Sox show interest, and what happens? All of a sudden, Dan Bernstein's on the score telling everybody the Cubs are becoming players. The Cubs are not going after Bryce no, Harper. They don't no, have the money. No. Bernstein's being used like a tool on that one. It's like, if it isn't Scott Boros, it's Scott Boros' secretary or something. But somehow he gives like, who can I find that's a blowhard on the radio that will just, just say anything because he wants to be important because he lost his afternoon drive shift and now he's on in the middle of the day and nobody listens to him anymore. Dan Bernstein, that's who I'll get. And he passes that information to Bernstein and Bernstein's like, I got inside information. I'm on my Twitter telling you it's happening. Cubs are becoming major players. That's all done to get Jerry Reinsdorf riled up because... The Sox must be in want this. Him and the and Sox yes. are in this, and he's trying to get more money. See what I'm saying? I that was encouraging to me. My dad called me up after the Bernstein thing. He goes, "Did you see this?" I'm like, "Yeah, I think this is fed. To, I think this is fed by Boros to try to get the Sox excited." He's like, "I think we're going to sign Harper. I think this is happening." And dude, I think listen, Scott Boros listen, is doing this to make some money. Listen, Harper is tipping his hand a little bit too. He here. wants the Sox. The Sox because want him. He's, have you seen the la- have you seen the latest thing? Like Harper is tweeting. Like somebody asked him like what his favorite food is. Oh, he wants the Sox, and the Sox <clears throat> want him. He like no, but did you see this? Like somebody asked him what his favorite food is, and he said like Chicago deep dish pizza or something Dave, like that. He wants the Sox, and the Sox want him. This is happening. The national media can't wrap their brains around it. That's the thing that's driving them nuts. They all said Phillies. They all said these are the top five teams, and the White Sox were left off the list. Now when you see all the national reports on what's going on, they have to begrudgingly put the White Sox on the list. And they call him a dark horse. Yeah, but they have to put him on because because they're in this thing. Meanwhile, I have not seen anything. About Machado. No, no, nothing. Yeah, nothing with Machado. They're not even going for Machado. They're they're not even going to make an offer on Machado. They're done. They don't like him. They've made their decision. That's obvious to me. He's not even in plan plan. Uh, G. Plus, they don't want okay. to. Bi- they don't want to get in a bidding Z. war. They don't want yeah. to get in a bidding they're, war with the Yankees. Going for him. They're all in on Harper. But the thing is, I don't see anything that links him to the Phillies as much as he's being linked to the White Sox right now. There's so much that's happening that makes me think White Sox. But everybody's like, "Oh, it's a done deal. 
done deal. Even money goes to Philadelphia. I don't see it. I think he goes, I think he comes to the White Sox. I think he becomes the star of Chicago. It's a major market. He goes to New York. He goes to LA. He gets lost. See what I'm saying? Right. He shows up on a team that's already got a bunch of stars on it. He's not the star. This is a guy who liked to go out on his Instagram or his or his YouTube or whatever he could find on, on social media and would just hit balls to you know in like a park someplace to try to drum up people like talking about him online. He just went to a to a hair salon and and got himself a perm. And he looks ridiculous and I don't what? care. I want him. Because he, he he went to a hair salon and he told people, tell me what hairstyle I should get. And he got this ridiculous looking perm oh, with curls over his face. Okay? he He's like a Kardashian. He wants to be in the spotlight. He will not be in the spotlight. He will get lost amongst all the other big names in other towns. He comes to Chicago and he goes to the White Sox. He not only becomes the biggest guy in the Chicago White Sox. No, but he's the biggest guy he's in Chicago. He's the biggest guy in Chicago. Yeah. He's the biggest guy in Chicago. Okay, name me anybody else that he's that is bigger than him in Chicago if he shows up. No, on the other teams, no, you don't. No. You don't because he instantly. I'm going to dare to say it. He may be the biggest athlete in Chicago over all the other sports teams in Chicago. Oh well, that's what I was. Well, that's where I was just going. He's on with a this. billboard everywhere, yes. and he knows it. And Boros knows it because Boros is like, we're going to get the sacks for all the money we can, and then think of all the extra dollars we're going to get in Chicago. There's a secondary market for him to get money. This is happening. I, I, I was I last week I was speculating. This week I'm overreactionary, excited, um, just just spouting like it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. We're getting Bryce Harper. I've already I'm, I'm ready to order my jersey. Easy. They're either playing the White Sox like a damn fiddle, which well, they could be. That's that's where I was going with this because you could very well. It could very well be that, Chris. I mean, it could be, it could, you know, it could be, what was it, eight years ago? It could be Tory Hunter eight years ago all over again. That's the problem. Where I'm just going to end up feeling like a cheap whore when this is all over. Where it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And then at the 11th hour, oh, by the way, it was never going to happen. I'm just going to feel used. I'm going to spend three days sitting in the shower crying. Yeah, but wouldn't that be so Chicago White Sox, though? (laughs) Like, because that's what happens to us. That's what happens to us. You were, you've said and, it. We said it. Years, and a couple of years from now, you got Garfi talking to uh to uh to Jerry, Jerry. and Jerry's just shrugging like, well, uh, well, who's does the Jerry you, shrug? You don't uh, know this. Thing, you don't sorry, know how yeah. these things are going to work out. No, we did the best we Chris, could. You were. You, and you I know, just beat my head off the bar. Listen, we as, we as White Sox fans are conditioned to these things. Think about how we were in 2005. You're sitting around watching this stuff happen all in 2005. And you're like, this can't be real. This doesn't happen to us. Like this happens to all my friends' teams. Right, like this I, doesn't happen to us. I believe like, and, and you're at sitting some around point, with something's the hump. gonna happen. Yeah, here. but you're sitting around like it almost to me, you know, it almost feels like that's what this could be with Harper. Yeah, but you know, guess, guess like what? Boris playing the but socks. But guess what? But guess what? For yeah. If Rick Hahn convinces uh Jerry Reinsdorf that I'm going to empty your ballpark out and I'm gonna tear everything down and we're going to suck for a couple of years, and you're not going to make as much money, and we're going to go with a completely different way of doing things, and I'm going to build it all back up, and we're going to win, and he strikes out on everybody he goes out and gets, and this team never actually materializes into what Jerry Reinsdorf envisioned it to be when he told him that. Mm. Rick Hines out of a job. Yes. Teddy Williams, probably never. He's always going to have a job. He just, he just sits in Jerry's office silently and hides in the back. Jerry's looking for him. <laughs> He's like, where's that Kenny? I want to fire him. He just hides for three days till Jerry forgets. 
I don't think Jerry has ever uttered the words, I want to fire Kenny. I know! Why? Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement. Slancha. That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? I felt like it. Socks in the Basement. <laughs> Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.